Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how we are now on Stitcher. <laughs> we are. We, we are. are now on Stitcher. It's uh, definitely true. Yeah. Um, so this is actually, Stitcher is like the Android, best Android app out there in the the, that's what the people tell me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> on the Twitter. On the Twitter. Um, uh, Adam Gonerman uh, basically said he wouldn't listen until uh, we ha- we're here. <laughs> so this basically for one guy. So literally, it? this is for that guy. Adam, congratulations. <laughs> we're now on Stitcher. Um, so far, I think we have like three downloads from it. So it's probably all <laughs> it's been, you, buddy. It's been a raging success for <laughs> yes, us. Yes, yeah. So uh, I'm. They're, they're, stuff is like. 48 hours behind, so it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's 2016. Why is it something updating automatically? Like, how hard is that to do? Yeah. Why can't we all just have iPhones like normal people? <laughs> I hate Android. Well, generally because Samsung is better, but that's okay. Uh, with that, we're going to do roll call. So. <laughs> I just insulted Michael. Samsung? Yeah, man. The Galaxies are way better than iPhones. What do you have, Brad? I have an iPhone. Okay. I hate it. I uh, hate it. I'm no. stuck with it. Once you go iPhone, you can't go back. No, yeah, it's because you, you can't get out apps. of your crap. Yeah, well, exactly. You got all those apps and all those. Yeah. So Brad's here. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, are you here? Present. Oh, awesome. Michael, are you here? Yeah, I'm present. Yeah, good. Yeah. Present and pissed. Thank present. <laughs> Shots fired. All right, so let's uh, talk about what we're drinking. Um, I'm going to go first. Yes. Yeah. Yellow. Yellow swag. Um, <laughs> Don't ever say please that again. Stop. This week please. I am Good drinking uh, a, a beer from the Left Handed Brewing Company. No, it's Left Hand Brewing Company. Oh, I'm sorry. Left Hand Brewing Company. Um, I am left-handed, by the way, just so you know, for all you people who care about handedness. <laughs> all none of you. Yes. Congratulations. No, people care. It's a, it's, a, it's a thing. There's like a special day where we celebrate. Sure. Because sure every other day is right-handed day. Uh-huh. But on left-handed day, you, the struggle's real, guys. My, it's hard to write because you get smearing all over your hand. You wouldn't no understand. one wants to eat next to you? The no, struggle I don't is, eat next to him for many, many reasons. Um, this is, I believe, from the Colorado's Brewing Guild. I thought this was from Indiana, but no, apparently... No, it's from Colorado. It, it's totally from Colorado. Pretty sure Longmont, Colorado? Is that uh, I don't remember. It is... Uh, I don't know. They make really good stuff. They do. It's yeah. roasted malt and coffee and coffee and coffee notes. Coffee notes, you know, it's built build the foundation <laughs> of this creamy sauce. Um, the ingredients, what I love about this is oh, it says geez. Rocky Mountain Water, malted barley, lactose. That's milk, guys. It is. And <laughs> flaked oats, hops, and yeast. I think it's the flaking of the oats that makes all the difference. <laughs> I was going to say the yeast. Because when I brew, I always flake my oats. Yeah. Do you? Do you eat a lot no, of No, that's oats? that's a really good beer, and for anybody that can get their hands on it, spend the extra dollar and get the milk set on nitro. Oh that's ridiculous. It's good. the one where you, you hold it straight upside down yeah, and pour it so into good. the glass. Like it's velvet. Amazing. All yeah. Right. I okay, love this says, please time. keep refrigerated, but when I bought it, it was on a shelf. <laughs> Yeah. That's so, very true. Uh, that's that's yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, so Brad, what are you drinking there? Brad? I am drinking Champagne Velvet from Upland Brewing Company in Bloomington, Indiana. Does it taste like Champagne Supernova? Uh, no. It what? No. Um, you know that song? Yeah, I know the song. It's yeah. terrible. So yes, Oasis is garbage. Eh, I'm okay yeah, with some Oasis. That not that song. Yeah. Anyways, you don't like Oasis. Before we get on another '90s music fight, you have to say their song Wonderwall. Amazing. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Wonderful. I won't know if I'd go with Amazing. Ryan Adams cover of Wonderwall, even better. Never heard it. Probably never you will. You should. Wait, Brian Adams? 
I think I think it's. Have Ryan. you ever really loved a woman, Michael? <laughs> no, I think it's right out of. I think I'm not. I can't even be sure. Can I get Ryan back to Brent. my beer now? Yeah, let's okay, talk about. Okay, so Brent. have you ever loved a woman? Champagne Velvet brand beer. <clears throat> so what they did, Upland found there used to be an old brewing company in Terre Haute, Indiana, the Terre Haute Brewing Company back. AKA when, Terrible Haute. Yeah, it's a it's an armpit. Anyway, um, it really is. So. Anyway, it went out of business like in the 50s or 60s, but it was kind of an iconic Indiana beer at the time when it was popular. And so they somehow came across the recipe for it a few years back and decided to recreate it. Um, It's basically just an American lager, a Pilsner, I guess. It kind of, I, I would think it's kind of what Budweiser probably tasted like before they stopped giving a shit about what Budweiser tasted <laughs> like and started just caring about their money. Like, way back when it started, it's just good. It's just a, it's a great warm-weather beer. You can just yeah. guzzle it, and yeah. it's pretty delicious. Yeah, they are good. They, yeah. they, uh, they redid their packaging. It's really nice, Yeah, it's too. really cool. It's very sort of retro-y. Yeah. yeah. Two questions. Okay. Number one. These are all going to be terrible. Sure, go um, <clears throat> He's got, this, they, he's got this shit-eating so grin on his face. We're gonna get, we have Periscope, uh, and we're going to start using that. I know that see look. Mike's face. I know that look. Um, Go ahead. Question number one. Yeah. Do you think they found the recipe on the dark net? No. What? Only the you dark go, web? Only you go to the dark web. <laughs> the dark web. The <laughs> Once dark again, net. Do we need to go back to Michael's browser history? <laughs> the dark net. I just like to talk about the dark net. Yeah, because it's like the seedy underbelly of the internet. <laughs> There's a lot of seedy underbellies yeah. of the internet. Um, Twitter being one of them. Second question. Since it's from Terrible Ho, is it actually pronounced Champagne? <laughs> no, it's definitely not sure? Champagne. It's okay. Champagne Velvet. That's only only here in Martinsville. Champagne. 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 What, uh, I like what, some of that Champagne. What four drinks are you drinking tonight? I'm not Matt. drinking four drinks. Sorry, all our listeners in Terrible Hope. I apologize. I actually know people that are from Terrible Hope. I do too. And they're pretty awesome. But Maybe if you stop calling it Terrible Hope. Well, you know. <laughs> when, it, when, when, in, when, stop. In, when in Terrible Hope. <laughs> Keep driving. <laughs> yes. Leave. Just just anyway. keep um, loud. Go. Uh, Matt, what do you got there, buddy? Uh, I'm drinking the Lafay uh, Blonde Ale. Uh, it's an Abbey Ale. They, it's an Abbey that started in 1152, and they started brewing in 1240. He's doing this for memory. What took too. him so long? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It took um, him well, 90 years. To it was. Out it brew. started during uh, during the plague mm-hmm. because water. The, because of the way they brewed, they boiled the was it top fermenting. It boiled off. It killed all the germs. Yeah, next time your teetotaling uncle at Christmas tells you that drinking is wrong and Jesus hates it, remind him that monks kept people alive during the plague yeah. by making alcohol. Yes, you couldn't drink the water because yeah. of the germs. And so with the, the fermenting process, it killed off the boiling, killed off the germs. But it's made, no made Rocky it Mountain drink. water. <laughs> it's definitely not no, plague-infested water. But yeah. hey, at least it was boiled. But anyway, it's, it's very, very good. Um some clove, some vanilla. It's just Belgian. It's just Belgian. It's been a long Germans, time since man. I've had that. Um, I also recommend the Lafay Brown as well. It's exceptionally good as well. So there you go. And then I'm backing that up with a little bit of Rebel Yell, that which was mentioned whiskey. on Bourbon Whiskey, which was mentioned on uh, our the, the, episode five. Yeah, with Giffen Lucas. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Fifteen bucks for a bottle. <laughs> I think can't three of us went out and bought them that <laughs> night. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. yeah. I did not. That's because you're not a whiskey drinker. Well, I'll put mine today. I've got some Jack Daniels I've never even opened yet. Can I have it? No, I mean, we can drink it together. But, um, Bring it. It's okay. I mean, I've, it's, got, it's, uh, you know, I've got, uh, what else? It's exceptional, but... Uh, Southern Comfort. Southern Comfort and Coke. You do like Southern Comfort. It, it is. is. Southern good. Comfort. It is. It's pretty I don't ever drink it just Southern Comfort. I have to put it with, like, some So Coke and Coke's pretty good. It's good. Mm-hmm. 
But I, I have Jack. I have the Jack Daniel's Fire, the cinnamon, and then I have the honey vanilla or the honey. Yeah, it's the yeah, honey. Jack Daniel's honey. Yeah, it's really good. They're both. I've really had good. the honey. It's pretty good. Yeah, they're both. What really about good. the uh, the Fireball? Have you ever had Fireball? Yeah, it's, it's literally straight poison. It's, it's poison. terrible. Like it's, it's poison. actually been banned in certain countries because yeah, it's, it's literally just poison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Don't drink that. Anyway, yeah. what's, right. uh, what's next? So, so next is in the news feed where we talk about <laughs> things that are in the news feed of the things that we learn, you know, yeah. stuff. That's it's either Facebook, Twitter, on right. the interwebs, the yeah. dark net if you're on there. <laughs> it's Board. definitely not on the dark net. Board Panda, BuzzFeed, Geekology. Board Panda might actually technically be the dark net. No, I don't think so. I've not seen anything weird on, like... Um, have you been trust me, I've been looking, he says. I dug around for at least a 45 minutes trying to find dirty stuff, and I couldn't, so. I've got, I got, got anyway. no work for you. I'll, right go, I'll go first. <laughs> I think I'm going to, uh, I might actually start Periscope here. Just for okay, I'm going to go first. So, uh, mine's kind of a feel good, but I've got a follow-up question with it to, to throw to you two fine gentlemen. Uh, there's a story about a Chinese billionaire donated $2 billion to education, health, and the environment. Nice. So he's the founder. His name is Ma Huatang, which I'm sure that's exactly how you say that. <laughs> Better known as... What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ma Huatang. Huatang? Huatang. H-U-A-T-E-N-G. Huatang, right? Ma Huatang. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, part Chi- I'm part Chinese. It's Huatang. Um... <laughs> Better yeah, known sure as better known as Pony Ma. I don't know if that's his rap name or like <laughs> it's I don't his DJ know. name. Anyway, DJ, yeah, he's Pony DJ Pony Ma. Anyway, he uh, is donate. He founded Tencent, which is basically kind of a this is the leading social network in China. Um, and he is donating a hundred million company shares to a new charity fund, which Dang. comes out to about two billion dollars. He's worth $18 billion. Oh, my god! So it's literally, like, you can donate $2 billion, and it's like a drop in a bucket. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, it's like me, like, handing somebody a $20 bill here. Which, so Which I would never do, because I don't ever carry $20 bills. Especially now that, never mind. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going there. I'm totally kidding. So uh, here's, here's a question for you guys. Okay. Let's say you won, like, a huge Powerball lottery. What's the one... What's the first thing you donate to? And I'm not talking about yourself and hmm. building a... But what would be the first thing you would donate to? Oh, my goodness. Wow. We've talked about this a number of times. I have. I, I've yeah. thought about it. I don't really play the I'm lottery, but... I'm yeah, really shady with my family. They always like, we're going to split it all. I'm like, ah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. I'll get you a nice gif. gift. I'll get you like a, a, a box of chocolates or like I'll buy you a new car, but like... But I'm not gonna split it like a hundred. <laughs> no, that's not I have a pretty large family. Yeah, you so, definitely do. Um, Michael's <laughs> literally literally related to everybody in town. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you say? I I don't know. I I've kind of gone back and forth. I know we talked the other day about building soccer fields like that actually have drainage here in our town. <laughs> here in town, the soccer for the Y for our YMCA are pretty um, terrible. My, my initial gut reaction is something to do, since it's kind of become a passion for us recently, is the um, <laughs> Michael and Periscope. It's terrifying. <laughs> I just saw what everybody saw, and that's awful. Um, something, probably d- donate something or start something, maybe like a, a shelter for uh, LGBT teens who have been booted out of their house. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, or something along the to help the LGBT community, something like that. I would probably do something along those lines. That's my gut reaction. There's a lot of things I'd like to do, a lot of people I'd like to give to, but that that would be 
Like I just I can't stand when parents are booting their kids out yeah, of the house. It's pretty like, ridiculous. Like you failed as a parent at that point. Yeah. So. Yep. What about um, you, Michael? What would I give to? I probably would give to myself somehow. <laughs> I'd give to this podcast. Get some. Maybe hire some professional co-hosts. Suck it! I am going to close this Periscope. So I did have Periscope running for a little bit. So if you're on Periscope, there you go. <laughs> See you guys later. Deuces. Thanks for checking us out. All right. I would. Uh, here's what I would donate to since Michael's just going to be selfish and buy himself things. Um, <laughs> I would donate a ton of money to my friend Chris Baker. Yeah, runs yeah, yeah, yeah. a charity. I'm going to go ahead and do a plug for this guy mm-hmm. uh, and tell you to give to this person. We'll uh, let's make um, sure we put him on. The, yeah, we'll put a link up. Put a link up. Uh, Inc. 180 is his ministry. He lives in Oswego, Illinois. Um, I, that's where one of the churches I failed to start was in Oswego, <laughs> Illinois. Uh, met him though, for two. Uh, and it was he's a, he's a good good guy. So what he does, he's a tattoo artist who. Uh, a few years back started giving uh, free tattoo cover-ups for guys getting out of, not just guys, men and women getting out of the uh, gang, getting out of gangs. So they've got gang tattoos and he would cover them up because it's uh, pretty impossible with gang tattoos to be find gainful employment, it turns out. Um, so he started just doing this for free and it has branched out into covering up tattoos for women that have been rescued from the sex trade. It's awesome. Um, <clears throat> and human trafficking, yeah. they get branded by their pimps with tattoos with and so bar- like barcodes. Bar it's pretty sick. It's so awful. he covers those up with beautiful things, and he also does tattoo removals if people want things removed, and he does it all for free. Um, and it's pretty amazing. So he lives on donations. So look him up, Inc. One Eighty. It's on Facebook. They've got a website, Inc. One Eighty dot com. Um, we'll put a link up. Yeah, we'll put a link up. It's that's I would basically f- give enough to fund his ministry forever. Basically, yeah. um, if he was, does straw. I mean, it's it's, it's hard to, and it's it, what he does is legit. And I mean, he's in with the FBI in Chicago, and uh, they call him when they rescue women from sex slavery. You know, like, hey, we've got somebody that we want to send your way. And so, so I mean, it's it's amazing. Home, he's in with Homeland Security, and it's pretty cool. So he uh, he does good work. So look that up, and that is who I would give yeah. millions of dollars to if I had a chance. After having some thought and not being on Periscope while we were talking, uh, I I can actually have a concise answer now. Um, I so two charities I really like is Bloodwater. Um, yeah. I think they're they're pretty awesome. Um, another one is. Um, Food for the Hungry. My brother works for Food for the Hungry, and obviously, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, tours around with. Davey? Yeah, he huh. tours around with uh, often referenced Toby Mac, hmm. um, and and like basically gets people to sign up for. Oh, good. Um, I feel like a total dick now. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's new? Yeah, well, what's new? That's part uh, of the course. <laughs> yeah, so he um, helps people sign up for. Um, to sponsor kids and that usually huh. any when he talks about it, he's super super passionate it's really awesome sounds awesome yeah um but it, it affects like just one one um commitment actually ends up affecting like five people like cool. including their family members and cool it's a pretty awesome pretty awesome impact that they they do there um what i like about blood for blood water mission is that um they um it's bloodwater.org um, is I, I believe 100% goes to 
Am I thinking of the right one, or is that Charity Water? Charity Water does. Charity Water. I don't know. I how, I'm blood water might. I don't know. But Charity Water... Charity Water is the one that I like. 100%, 100% of what you give goes to the to, to dig wells, like in poor yeah. countries. I found out that they actually give their money to another organization to do that, to make sure that they actually... With yeah. the infrastructure. I'm sure that happens a lot that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. So... Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. What's your news? I'm, t- I'm torn between the two I've got. Just do one. I know. Just I pick yeah. one. If they're both um, going to be good, just do it. Okay. So, did you see... I, just, I literally just ran across this today. It's 420. Of which, course. Of course. Uh, which gosh. everybody knows is about smoking weed, which we don't do because it's illegal. In right now, there's a bunch of people going, wait, what? It is? Yeah. yeah um, it is 420 or that, oh, it's illegal? It's illegal. Yeah, in Indiana. Unless you're in Colorado or Washington yeah. or a few other states. Washington, D.C. now, maybe? I can't remember. Is it? I don't remember. I don't remember. Anyway. Um, so there's a guy who put up a, made a Facebook page, and his intention was to, I, I can't I can't figure out why he did it. He said, I made the event for 2017, and the people decided they wanted it now. The the Facebook event is called Limp Biscuit Comes to the oh, Sunoco Sunoco Gas Station on Wayne. This is in <laughs> Dayton, did, Ohio. I did see this. So <laughs> good. I don't know what this is, but I can't wait. So <laughs> somehow people bought it. Okay, and they thought it was today for today. The con- um, like a Limp Biscuit concert at a gas station a gas in Dayton, Ohio. Oh yeah. gosh. Which I feel like is sort of plausible. I don't know at this point. <laughs> I feel like if they're going to play anywhere. People were putting up, like, on this page, were putting up, like, live, quote-unquote, live footage, which oh, wasn't man. wasn't real. But did people show up to the gas station? T-shirts and sweatshirts have been made. Yeah, and people showed and up. People and people it's, it's gotten to the point where it's not just one concert. It's Limp Biscuit Sunoco Tour 2016. <laughs> <laughs> I did not Where is Fred Durst? Nine where are you, people. Fred? 9,000 people have signed up for this Facebook group. <laughs> Is for, it for today? To the point, yes, to the point where the Dayton Police Department had to put up a thing on their Twitter feed saying this is not real. So that yeah, and the Sunoco station put up signs and all their gas pumps like, dude, there is not a Limp Bizkit concert here. Concert. Please go away. Yeah. I, I was like, I, it's a long story. I don't want to tell just story. That is a troll job level 1,000. Like one Facebook user, apparently the gas station took a picture of the hatch of an 18-wheeler with a caption, tour buses here at Pump 2 ready to set up. That is awesome. Oh, my God. This came from the Daily Beast. The Daily Beast called the gas station. A woman who declined to give her name stated there is no concert when she picked up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> she said when asked how many phone calls the business received today she said lots uh, asked if the Sunoco had anyone swing by to get in line for a concert she said yeah. no then ended the phone call so I don't know how a lot of people showed up but people lost their shit about this and like I'm, absolutely I am so like I am completely shocked that that many people in 2016 want to see still Limp want to see Limp did they even have 9,000 fans ever I'm not gonna lie. when they come on the radio I turn it immediately oh my gosh like, I just I'm really surprised that 9,000 people you're talking they've about 40.3 thousand followers on on, Insta, on Twitter that's crazy yeah How, are they even together like is I it, are they even a thing no clue like this is a, this is a band that has an album called Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. Yeah, I thought like, that was the album that sort of killed them <laughs> off, but I was it apparently or was not. that the 
Was that the one with Nookie on it? Guys, good news. No Fred Durst announced on Twitter yesterday that Limp Biscuit merch will be available online for the first time. We'll put up a link. Very soon. <laughs> very soon. Just follow at Fred Durst. Yeah, don't uh, do that. Yeah. My question is, Fred, what are you up to, buddy? What's going on? How's, how's life? Tell us about your life. Have you met Jesus? Um, Let me tell you about your our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I would like to talk to you from... I just want to talk to the inner Fred Durst. What was the guy's name that had the... the inner Fred Durst. What was the guy that had the I'm weird... I'm not sure there is an inner Fred Durst. Who was the guitarist that had the... What was his name that had the weird eyeball, like, icon? Yeah. What? Yeah, I can't remember I, his, what was his name. Is that... Wasn't it Wes something? Is that... Is that was Lent it, Biscuit? Had, or is it... Is it... Um, no, it was Lent Biscuit. It's not corn. No, because I remember that's monkey and head from corn. Okay, I'm surprised you know that, but congrats to you. Actually, my friend Chris has, is friends with both of those guys. Um, he, um, He's friends with corn. Uh, West Borland. That's the guy's name. West Borland. That's oh right. man, I thought they, I thought he had a weird yeah. name. I was thinking a monkey from corn. West Borland. Anyway, yeah. is he related okay. to Al Borland from Home Improvement? No, stop. Pretty sure he's not. Pretty sure he's not. Uh, okay, so my, my, Michael is the king of like obscure '90s references. Like, you're welcome. <laughs> no one has thought about the show Home Improvement in like a decade and a half, and just, Michael's like, "What about Al Borland? <laughs> what?" <laughs> I just want to know. I just want to see West Borland's wonky eye that you're talking about. It's not a no, wonky no. eye. He, he had weird, weird, giant weird black oh. contacts, oh. so it made it look like his eyes were just black. Yeah, had to be I super comfortable. I'm sure it was. Yeah, I feel like that move was like. So you think about like bands and like how they look in photos. Like, there's got to be that guy who just looks normal, and so he chose to like, what am I going to do to make me stand out in this band? I'm so I'm wear not. Black contacts. So I'm not just Fred Durst. <laughs> Background, background, biatch. You know how do I know? How how, do, how what do I do to? What to we're about, what we're talking about terrible nineties bands. You guys remember Alien Ant Farm? Yeah, yeah. They did smooth, smooth criminal. criminal. Yeah, the only song their only the hit was someone else's song. Yeah, Michael uh, Jackson's. Yeah. All right, Sorry. Michael. What's uh? What's hey, your hey, news? Oh anyway. my goodness! All right, uh, well, there's your alien. Here, here's a question for you. We're gonna totally rock out to that after the if, podcast. I bet the sarcastic center's like alien ant for <laughs> They probably do. In between their hate speech, apparently. Uh, they got who, taken off. Alien ant No, sarcastic center got taken off. Our our Facebook and Twitter friends, sarcastic center's podcast, got removed for hate speech. For Somebody reported them for hate speech, which is insane. That's insane. Ugh, that's somebody's. Ridiculous troll job. Anyway, don't please don't report us for hate speech. That's don't be not cool. douches. Yeah, don't be douches. Seriously, like you can troll us on Facebook <clears throat> or Twitter. Um, Feel free, but don't do that. That's yeah. just dumb. Anyway, don't, so don't Michael, what's your? So, uh, so your uh, I want to before we get there. I want to ask if if you could choose uh, one band from the '90s to play at the gas station down the street, <laughs> who would you choose? Well, at Martinsville, it'd have to be somebody country, wouldn't it? No, I mean <laughs> it, nobody would show. It up. can be whoever you want to be. One '90s band, just just one. It has to be Darius one. Rucker. That's the only black guy people in Martinsville like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, went there. I will not support. I went there. I will not support what you're saying. You know it's I, true. That's, that is not true. That is not pretty true. true. You just defended so many people. Uh, that is, yes, that that is a very. Local minority. 
that is yeah, I'm not really sure. Really, really I saw three trucks within a five minute drive between here and there with a confederate between here and my house okay. tonight with a confederate flag. Definitely not the minority. <laughs> well, how big is the flag? It, That's what? a vocal minority. It was pretty good size. It was yeah, draped the off the back across, of his truck. Yeah, yeah. That, that guy lives across the street from <laughs> yeah, of me. Of course he does. See yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. okay. So okay. that's what I mean. You know I'm right. I don't want to feed into that, like, because we're going to get feedback. We're going we're gonna to hear back about, <laughs> from people about this. That's fine. Anyway, Darius Rucker, really? The guy who ruined the song by Old Crow Medicine Show, Wagon Wheel? He ruined yeah, it. he did. Anyway, um, I don't I don't know. Terrible 90s band? If you're going to say 90s, you have to say Hootie and the Blowfish, not Darius Rucker. You want Hootie out here. Are those, any of those guys still alive outside of Darius Rucker? I don't have I'm idea. sure they are. They're, and again, they're, they're, can we bring, they're Darius Rucker's Can we bring Rob Thomas to the gas station, Matchbox 20, so that we can douse him in gas and light a match? Somebody asked me today if I knew who Rob, uh, Rob Thomas was. You your, 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 your response was, unfortunately, yes. I was I like, I just music. laughed, and I just like, why? It's like, my mom really likes them. It's like, <laughs> they're, coming to, they're coming to Indy. And you uh, think Rob Thomas I'm, and Counting Crows. and Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, they are. Oh, man. We should go. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. Counting Crows is not terrible. No, I'm, I'm, I still listen to August and everything after yeah, that. It was can. still one of the best albums of the 90s, yeah. period. I, I listen to that all the time, yeah. I think. Yeah, and they're... Uh, their acoustic, their VH1 Storytellers album was ridiculously good, too. So to answer my own question about <laughs> yeah, who would you? what 90s band, I think I would choose... Supertones. <laughs> well, Skate <laughs> to the Beat or the Supertones. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I think I would choose um, a little-known band oh, called geez. Fountains of Wayne. Oh, yeah, I've heard of Fountains of Wayne. Um, yeah. yeah, they they sing that Stacey's mom's yeah. got going on. But I like their album before that, the where they talk about <laughs> Leave the Biker. Listen to that song, Leave the Biker. I probably it's, won't, but... It's awesome. Yeah, I'll probably Like, that whole album's <laughs> great. Fine, um, yeah, that's who I would choose. Yeah, we're a half choose. an hour into this and we've talked about nothing. So no, we no, 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 no. Who would you choose? You have to name a band. Didn't I say Matchbox 20 so oh, we could light them and douse them in gas? Is that no. not yeah. a 90s band? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Limp Biscuit era. In um, sync. Well, I mean, couldn't we say Nirvana? I mean, I know you can't. But... I'm changing my answer. I want Tom Green. What? I want Tom it's not Green. a band. My bum is on the ship. The ship. The battleship. Oh my gosh! No, see, he rocked TRL for like he retired his video you from know, TRL. I'm not going to answer this question just okay. because of his answer. Who's just, wait, is it your turn to fire somebody into the sun this week? No, okay. you are not firing me into the <laughs> yeah, sun. We freaking are oh for that suggestion alone. <laughs> you just wait till we get... I'm sorry for hitting the table so many times with my glass. Um, he's, very so, so you give up? he's very passionate about I'm going to name Tom one for Green. you. You are choosing Christina Aguilera. No, I'm not. Drop the mic. No. Yeah. If you don't choose, I'm choosing for no. you. You want to see uh, Jeannie in a bottle. Fine, Br- Britney Spears. Are you happy now? Are you happy now? Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. Before she shaved her head, started hitting people with umbrellas. So hit me, baby, uh, one more time, Britney Spears. Yes. All right. Cool. There. So that's that's not creepy or anything. When is she like seventeen? You yeah. creep. <laughs> I'm just imagining Matt's internet history search. <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club alum. Where are they now? I'd bring the Counting Crows. I mean, I, I saw the concert, and that was that was a good concert. It was. It was okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. All right. So here's my news feed. 
Wait, was that not yours? No, oh, that was oh my that was Matt's. This is the longest podcast ever. You're welcome. Um, hey, I get to I get to say in this podcast. Don't worry about it. So my my slice. I was gonna talk about Harriet Tubman, and then I thought, um, uh, let's not open that can of worms. So we su- fully support Harriet Tubman yes. on the twenty dollar like, bill. Could you not? Andrew Jeez. Jackson was a well, horrible person. Did you person. see where the treasury's like? We're actually gonna keep Andrew Jackson on the back of it. How much since? Okay, so you've got on one side a heroic woman who was a freed slave who then spent the rest of her life freeing slaves. And on the back, you're going to have a slave owner who con- who convict- committed Native American genocide. Yeah, yeah he like what is going on? Out the Indians. What are they doing? Like, oh, do you? And this is this is where the the I'm gonna. So your your newsfeed is about Harriet Tubman. It's no, like, it's not about Harriet Tubman. It. No, it's not because it pisses me off so <laughs> bad not. that people are angry about this. It's not Harriet Tubman. We're not going to talk about Harriet Tubman oh. other than. Um, Andrew Jackson was a horrible person. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, but I decided against that. And I decided I'm going to talk about um, Marianne Winkler. She uh, was on vacation on the German island of Amram Wait, last April. German island? Germany has an island? Apparently. Huh. It's, it's called Amram. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> as in I am rum. Um, last April when she stumbled upon an old message in a bottle that had washed up on the beach. Oh, wow. Um, and she found what is now, uh, according to Guinness World Records, um, records, I don't know, um, the oldest message in a bottle ever found. Oh, cool. It was gone for 108 years. What? 108 wow. years she found this message in a bottle. And it was this guy... Um, who basically Please sent send out food? I'm starving to death. <laughs> <laughs> He's totally dead. A little late. He sent out several, um, several of these messages in the in the bottles, and it basically uh, sent out a postcard. And in, inside the bottle was a postcard that said, "No stamp required." It has. Um, Three different languages on it that just basically says, please fill up blanks on back of this card and put in the post. So and then it goes to the Marine Bi- Biological Association in Plymouth, England. Um, and he was doing this to basically um, find out the patterns in patterns. the ocean. Yeah, right. to find out where it would huh. go. And it took it took quite some time to get there. And it's, it's a pretty... You can see the map. It, it was dropped in the UK. And it was uh, went all the way across the the North Sea. That is so, incredible! Wow. Yeah, 108 years. To get I guess across I didn't realize that people had been doing the message in a bottle thing for that long. That's I don't know oh. why I just felt like that was a more modern. By modern, I mean like middle of the 20th century thing or early 20th. Century. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> so 1906 is when. Uh, well, I guess that would be. Yeah. yeah. 1906 is when he huh. did it. That's pretty cool. He said he, he uh, did more while well, he's, he's dead. So well, right. He, sure. It is said. As, as you would think. That he uh, put one in more than a thousand such bottles huh. in the ocean and got one back. I'm sure he got more than one back, but this is the, the most recent one. That's really cool. So, yeah, she had no idea what she found. Nice. Um, and there was a, a reward for returning it. It was uh, one shilling. You get a one shilling reward. I don't know. Is that a lot? I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. It sounds. It, it sounds like it's not a lot. It sounds like okay. about a quarter. Yeah, you get a quarter. Like, yeah. Which might have been a lot back in the day. Yeah, I guess Who that's knows? true. Um, so have you guys ever? Is that done? what Charlie Bucket got to get his last candy bars? That he got the golden ticket. Was it a shilling? Uh, in the original book. I don't know. 
I don't remember. I don't remember. Pure imagination. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, have you guys ever done a message in a bottle? No. You ever, never have. have you we ever don't live no, anywhere near a freaking ocean. I could throw it in Lake Monroe, <laughs> which I could go very far. It kind of reminds me of like, the dude whenever they're, they're, yes. they're throwing the ashes they into Donnie's it. Ashes. <laughs> and it blows all the way yes. back. Like I throw it across the street. Yeah, the that's yard. about what Matt can throw it in the retention pond across the street. <laughs> that may be our first. Uh, <laughs> Did you neighbor? Did you get it? Hey. That may be our first Big Lebowski reference. And I believe I made the first one. You did. So, you shame did. on you guys. actually kind of amazing. After yeah, nine like episodes, it's the first Lebowski reference. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Um, we made some Super Trooper references. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever done, like, a time capsule? No. No. Uh, like, I feel like when it was in elementary school, maybe we did. I don't yeah, remember. remember we did. I remember doing a time capsule for um Put a two-life crew album in it. No, I didn't put it. <laughs> I did it in, in Sunday school. And like we're gonna whenever we it was like maybe fourth grade we were gonna come back and dig it back up whenever uh, whenever and nobody knows where it's actually buried no so it was it was in 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 front of this uh, this house across the the way from the church and they ended up bulldozing the house <laughs> and, and paving it over um, with with parking lot our you know it's it's a, it's a parking lot now but um, hashtag uh, oops. Hashtag oops. Uh, they, 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 uh, what's the, 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 what's they the Counting Crow song? They pay, no, pay it's not paradise, a Counting Crow song. It's a Jody, it's a Jody Mitchell song. They paid paradise to put up a parking yes. lot. Not that that house was a paradise. It was a kind of a crap hole. <laughs> but, but they did put up a parking but lot. But they put up a parking lot. half of it anyway. So I got it like, I got the time capsule like three years later. <laughs> <laughs> But That's exciting. I don't. I really don't even remember what was in there. But I think it I wasn't had some, a two live crew album. It was. It was. It was probably some life. You've been rolling for some years, life commitments man. I made to some Jesus in Sunday school. <laughs> Be a better. I promise kid. to only have sex for procreative purposes. <clears throat> I don't think I, I didn't even know what sex was back then. I don't even think it's I still know now. Yeah. <laughs> He's got two kids. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> what just happened? There's a baby. <laughs> And here we go with our transition. Yes! To now it's time. Up, let's Boy. go from sex jokes to further up and further in. <laughs> See the correlation yeah, there? Yeah, right. Yeah. My <laughs> wife totally thought that was a sex joke, the further up, further in. It's not. It's not meant to be dirty. And I had no idea that people thought that it could have been dirty. I didn't yeah, think did. that. No, I, I didn't. Actually. I didn't either because we and know. I'm generally the one that thinks something's dirty. Further yeah. up, further in is a reference to. It's a C.S. Lewis C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis, yes. The last I, battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made named yes. both my children after characters in C.S. Lewis books. Yep. So it's He's not dirty. His daughter's name is the White Witch, and uh... <laughs> yeah, my, my my daughter's name is Janice, um, the White Witch. No, it's just White Witch. It's just White Witch. White White Witch, Witch. The White Witch. White, White Witch. Witch, 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 Witch basically. Yeah. And uh, Puddle Glum. <laughs> you met my children, Puddle Glum, the White Witch. <laughs> Oh, that was so good. That is good. Anyway, all right. All right. So, (laughs) I feel like this is a like when we get to the fufi. This is like the most serious topic we've covered. Well, it is, but like I feel like every time I'm like, I kind of present it in a way that it's kind of like Seinfeld. Like, so what's the deal with that? (laughs) What is the deal with airline food? Yeah. (laughs) 
Seinfeld. <laughs> the worst Seinfeld <laughs> pretty bad. impression of all time. Well, we had a but, bad Bill Cosby. Might as well do a bad Seinfeld, yeah. Yeah. too. So, uh... Put it in pups. <laughs> that's even worse. That's even worse. Okay, that's so... Like, wow, this, that was terrible. This should have been edited out. So, <laughs> let, me, let me just say this. So, what's the deal with suffering? <laughs> what's the deal with suffering? So, it is... Like, when we think about, like, all the terrible things that happen and, like, all the crappy things that happen, like, there's the, the, the age-old question of, um, where's God whenever shit hits the fan? Yeah. yeah. You know? Sure. Why? What, what's, so, so this, this is God of, in our suffering? This kind of comes out of, I, I've got a lot of friends dealing with some pretty heavy crap. Um, and I've dealt with some stuff, and I, need, I don't think anything really on the level of what they've dealt with I think before we even begin we have to define what is suffering yeah I've got that here let me uh, I, it's going to be Richard Rohr's quote is it well Richard Rohr defines it defines suffering as any time we're not in control there you go um, and sometimes that's of our own doing uh, decisions choices we make that end up blowing up in our faces or whatever and sometimes it seems like the times when it hurts the most when suffering is the hardest to deal with is when it's imposed by someone else um, or some force outside, or some of force outside yeah, of ourselves. Outside whether it's yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, your house gets blown over by a tornado. That's something outside of yourself. You're not in control. By so the way, listen to Richard Rohr on the Robcast and the Liturgist just podcast. It, buy every book that Richard Rohr has ever yeah. read. He, he was just recently on both those podcasts. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, well, the Robcast. The Liturgist one is pretty is good, good too. The one on the Robcast was just insanely good. Anyway, so he defines suffering as, and I, I think this is pretty accurate, as any time. We're not in control. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can, I mean, you kind of apply that to your own life. But, um, yeah, I've got, I've got friends that are dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. And I've dealt with some situations. I mean, I, you know, where, you know, I've burned out of one minute. I've burned out of ministry, out of youth ministry, like flamed out completely. I love it when you flame out. Uh, yeah, it was, it was lovely. Um, <laughs> Lost my house in the process. Uh, was not sure what I was going to do with my life. Um, then thinking I was going to be able to start a successful church, and that didn't happen. And then trying to do that again, and that didn't happen. Um, so just start a podcast. And right, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the suffering of sitting here every Wednesday night with you idiots. Um, no, but uh, but seriously, like, so the stuff that I've dealt with, like, that's. Those are ways that, that I've gone, some things that I've gone through with suffering, but I've got friends that are dealing with things that are even harder than that. Um, well, and I think, um, and, you know, before we even begin, I'm, I'm not really, and I don't know about you guys, I'm not really interested in arguments about who or what is causing suffering, no. because that's a, that's a circular argument. I mean, so the, that, Bi- the Bible never answers it. Job asks, why am I suffering? God says, nothing. It's none of your business, basically. Yeah, he says, nothing. I I created all this, and basically, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. I'm not interested in whether God causes it, whether He allows it. I'm not interested in why. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's allows it. I don't know. I'm kind of interested in that. I am, but not for the sake of this argument. I don't. I'm more interested in what we do with suffering because it's going to happen. Yeah. Like that's that's more like. If you want to get pissed at God, that's fine. I mean, if if my son were one of my sons was laying in the hospital with leukemia, sure. I'd, I'd be, be pissed at I'd God. I'd be goddamn angry. Yeah. I would be furious. And I would be questioning, and I would be pointing my finger. And I have done that at God. Pointing the middle finger. Yeah, I, I've done that with God. I mean, I there was a time in ministry where I was so angry and frustrated and burned out 
that I pointed, I shook my fist at my ceiling and screamed at God, why did you call me to this? So I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not entirely, like, I was, as far as this discussion goes, I'm not interested in the arguments of who or why or what. I'm more interested in what we do with it. When I was, when I was just along those lines, when I was, when I burned out of youth ministry years ago, I remember when I was going through that whole process, I remember sitting on the couch one night in my living room, I looked at my wife, and I meant it sincerely, I said, God hates me. Mm-hmm. I've said that many times. And I mean, I, and I legitimately believe that. Like, it was sort of, I felt like I was the ant under the magnifying glass yeah. getting burned to yeah. death. Like, I, yeah. I was legitimately felt like God hates me. And, and there are, and there are, <coughs> there are different forms of suffering. Like, yeah. I think we need yeah. to establish that too. We definitely we have like first world problem suffering as well. We need we to establish two things. Suffering. One, there are different forms of suffering there's mental, emotional, spiritual, physical suffering. There's all kinds of different suffering. Um, you know, you get laid off, you get, you have, you know, depression is a form of suffering. I have, I mean, I struggle, I'm on antidepressants right now. I struggle with depression, have my most, for various points in my life. I'm sure some people have it a lot worse than me. I understand that. There's suffering involved there. Uh, our, you know, our, currently our six-year-old has ADHD and he's got, uh, uh, uh what's it called? The, where he... It basically, it's over sensory processing. sensory processing disorder, where he just there's there's so much stimulus coming. It's it, it almost sort of presents as like an Asperger's thing. It's not, but it sort of presents some stuff that way. So, like the last four or five years have been absolutely mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally exhausting and draining, and it's been suffering. We've struggled. My marriage almost didn't survive because of it. So, there's different forms of suffering. Um, your child's in the hospital. There's a ver- there's a, you know dying. There's an emotional suffering involved. There's mental. There's, I mean, it encompasses your whole being. So the first thing is there are different forms of suffering. The second thing we need to understand is it's not a contest. No, <laughs> it's, no, it's not, not a it's not a suffering contest. It's, all suffering sucks, no matter what the depth of it is. There are different levels of suffering. I mean, my suffering from struggling with depression is not the same as somebody watching their child die of leukemia. No. So it's not it's not a it's not a contest of who's suffering. Yeah, more. it's not a matter of minimizing or maximizing no. suffering. So, as far as well, that's not you know. So when we talk about suffering and hardship and struggle, we're talking in very generic terms about anything. Like Roar says, it's out of your control. So yeah. as far as this discussion goes, when we're talking about suffering, I just I kind of wanted to define that at the outset so we kind of yeah. are all on the same page. I think we got to be careful too, like what we say about suffering too, because we can't say like. So the title of this podcast is going to be called Embrace Suffering. But whenever we, when we're talking about somebody who was, was a sexually abused oh, yes. or right. stuff like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. we're not saying, hey, just take it. Just no, 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 no. We're not Nothing saying like that, that at all. No. We're not. I, mean, I want to just <coughs> fact, get that, that off might the actually be a completely separate topic to deal with at some point. Yeah. This is like, we're talking more or less, I don't even, I don't, I don't want to say first world problem suffering, but like. I don't know what to even call this. We're, 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 this but, is but like, it goes back to the to the even in those extreme situations where somebody's been sexually abused or raped or I mean we're talking like mass amounts of like trauma. Yeah, I think even what we're going to talk about tonight, the stuff that I want to talk about tonight at least, or bring up, I think even sort of covers that to some extent. Yeah, um, but understand that we're not minimizing no, that at all. No, we're not, not. We're not in any way making light of that, and we're not just being like, well, you know, you should move on. No, no, no absolutely not. That. No, 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 no. Like, so, we don't want to invalidate any kind no, of feelings. Or, those, those things are horrible. They're evil. Call them what they are. Yes. We, yeah. We're 100% on board with calling it that. Um, so we're not trying to minimize that at all. But there is, there is healing 
no matter what the depth of suffering is, there's healing, there's a way to move forward in the midst of that. Yeah. So, and we'll get that. We'll get to that here in a minute too. So, spoiler alert: we're gonna get to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Matt. <clears throat> oh, man, I don't even know where to start. Um, At the beginning, if you if you go back to if you go back through and look at some of the the saints throughout history, throughout the Christian history, um, and we're talking about Christian history, and, and I'm just Christian history. I think history in general. Some of the great religious leaders, the teachers, the mystics, the monks, the whatever, in all the great religious traditions talk about suffering as the primary means of transformation. Yeah, and going back, going becoming, back, going back to Roar again, uh, the way he says that the two greatest teachers in life are, there are two great teachers in life, great love and great suffering. Yeah. When you encounter either of those two things, you can find transformation yeah. in those two things. You, you become wiser. Yeah. You become more attuned to life, and that's counterintuitive because, yeah. personally, I don't want to suffer. No, it nobody sucks. Does. Nobody. It does. all sucks. Yeah. I mean, to this go isn't and this that, isn't like a thing of like, hey, go find ways to suffer. No, 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 no. This isn't the self-flagellation where no. wear camel yeah. hair and right. like no, no, we're nobody. We're but, not. But you know, to but use if our, you want to wear camel hair. <laughs> Send a picture. Right? Make sure yeah. it's ethically sourced. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> so, but to use our own Christian tradition as is is a story for this. There's no resurrection without crucifixion. Um, there's no joy without suffering. And in fact, in some senses, joy loses. I don't know if it's technically the opposite of suffering. I would think it would be, but um, joy sort of loses all of its meaning because. Suffering almost serves as a baseline because you say, well, this moment sucks. This moment really sucks. And so moments that are different than that can produce joy because you have this baseline. Well, this is as bad as it can get or well, this is I, an awful thing. And so your joy tastes almost sweeter because you've gone through something awful right. and come out on the other side of that. And you, I mean, like right now, you know, Jude, my, my youngest son had a really good day at school today. That's a very, that, I mean, that taste, you know, for my oldest son, you know, he had a good day at school. He was never really that, he didn't have struggles like my youngest son does. So, you know, he's, most of his days were good. But for my other son, my youngest, the, the days are struggles for him to pay attention, to not push kids, to not bite kids, to not hit somebody. So when he has a really, the teacher comes out with him and says he has a really good day. I mean, it makes, makes it that much better. It makes it that much yeah. sweeter and that much more wonderful for my wife and I, because it's like, holy crap, he had a great day. That's amazing. You know, I took him to McDonald's tonight, and he got a McFlurry. And I mean, so, like, it, there's, there's, a, there's a tremendous sense of joy because we've been through these last four or five years with him where he makes progress. And so that joy just tastes so much sweeter. But I think even on the, <clears throat> on a different, on another side of that, like the New Testament seems to point, I'm sure that there's instances in the Old Testament too, but the New Testament especially I know there's one instance in Paul where he says, you know, consider it joy, my brothers, when you yeah. encounter various trials and persecutions. And, like, man, I remember reading that and be like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, yeah. consider it joy? Like, mm -hmm. so they seem to be pointing to, you can find joy even in the midst of it. Now, either they're crazy or they're on to something. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there's really any middle ground. Either, either Paul is batshit insane... And probably was true. some sort of like crazy sadist or whatever, or the New Testament writers have found they've unlocked something. Yeah. 
that some key to, to living and to, to true life that is accessible to all people. I, I honestly believe that's that option. But, <clears throat> you know, either they're crazy or they figured it out. They figured something huge out. And if you read any of the mystics, which, let's face it, all the New Testament writers were mystics, mm-hmm. okay? Jesus yeah. was a mystic. Mm-hmm. So, that, which we've explained that in, in past podcasts, I think. Jim Carrey was in the movie The Mystic? That's not the same thing. All right. Okay. Just, so, just, just to <laughs> the there. Um, yeah, not, not the same thing. So, <laughs> there he is. I'm not going to lie. I really so, so uh, I, I completely just lost my train of thought, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um... I really have no idea where well, he's going with that now. I, I know where you're going because in Paul, in Romans, Paul in Romans five, Paul talks about. He says, uh, "We also glory in our sufferings, right? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance." I was listening to this uh, one of the Robcasts, I think. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character hope. And he talked about in that that in order to get to that hope, you have to go through stuff. Yeah. Like you have to, because when you go through stuff, you, when you survive something, whatever the depth of it, you survive something, you've persevered and it has absolutely transformed who you are. I'm a different father now because of what the last four year, four or five years have meant for my wife and I. We're different parents. We're different partners as husband and wife because of what we've gone through. It's produced character in us and we have this tremendous sense of hope that <clears throat> it's not always going to be like this. And that he is getting better. He is learning to cope. He is learning to deal with life. He's learning how to live with whatever he's struggling with as a six-year-old. And and I think, I think that's you know we as, as especially as Westerners and Americans we avoid suffering at all costs. Well, that's I mean our entire lives are is isolated from that. It is and, and I, to and try I, to stay away from it. And, and I think to, we, we sort of yeah. screw ourselves yeah, by. We do. And again, it's not that we go seeking it out, but when things happen, we don't try to stuff it down. We don't try to cloud it out. We don't try to stuff up our lip. Yeah, we don't try to on it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is what I told you today. Mm -hmm. We don't just try to rub some dirt on it. We don't try to just block it out with our eye with you know Facebook and Twitter. And and I think that's what we do. Yeah. We just we push it to the edges. We push it to the margins, and we miss out. Well, it's easier to try to. It's we feel it. It's not in the long run, but in the short term, it's easier to ignore it. Than to deal with it, to have the mm-hmm. difficult conversation, to mm-hmm. do the tough what what Richard Rohr calls shadow work, mm-hmm. exposing and naming the shadows inside of us, and, and in order to overcome those, yeah, um, it's easier to do that. I going through what I've gone through in ministry over the years with the burnout, with the failed church plant, especially the one I was doing by myself in Illinois that just never took off. Um, I would say that I think one of the more forming experiences me failing at that church plant. I mean, there was that was such a horrible year for me, Mm -hmm. professionally speaking. But looking back, and I even think once we even once we were moved down here after that year, I remember thinking that was a really good year. It was a good year for my family. It was a good year for me personally, Mm -hmm. spiritually, emotionally. Um, going through the burnout, going through those things, like in the midst of it, it sucked so bad. Like it was horrible. There's no suffering. That somebody goes, Wee! no, no, no. But good. <laughs> but looking back on it, I wouldn't change a damn thing. Hmm. 
Like I wouldn't I wouldn't avoid any of that. Yeah. I would go through it all again because I have a depth with the divine that I don't think I had before. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an understanding of grace that I don't think I ever had before. I I, I remember I had an experience. I don't know what. I know people's weird meter is going to go off here if they're already skeptical of, ding, 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 ding. of God or whatever. <laughs> I don't. I don't say this lightly because I'm not one of those. Well, God spoke to me, guys. Like I've Does never sound like Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I've never heard an audible voice. Okay, so I'm not saying that. I remember one day it was really. It was a really really bad day when I was living in Illinois. <clears throat> I remember going and sitting by a river on a park bench uh, by myself. And I just sat there, like, and I was mad at God, um, and I was I was angry about the whole situation that I because it was kind of near it was kind of becoming very evident that it just wasn't going to happen. And I remember almost getting this sense of somebody speaking. It wasn't an audible voice, but almost this sense of God saying to me, um, "Like your worth to me does not de- like this doesn't depend on how well this yeah. church does." And I think on one level, I already knew that, but there was something that happened there that it, 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 it was a, a deep underst- understanding. It wasn't just, it moved beyond the mind of, of the idea of God saying, I don't, this doesn't change how I feel about you at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like whether this succeeded or failed, I don't care. Like that has nothing to do with why, how I feel about you. You're loved. I, that gave me an understanding of grace a deep understanding of grace that I don't think I ever had. I'm, and, and I, it's equipped me to deal with life. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think that points to a, a really big truth is that that God uses suffering. Yes, and it, yeah, one of the phrases sure. always stuck with me. I don't remember who said it to me that nothing is wasted in God's economy. He doesn't waste, and no matter how, <clears throat> no matter how tragic or deep the suffering was, he doesn't waste it. Yeah. Well, even I think that kind of goes back to is it in, in it doesn't uh, Romans? It, it, doesn't, Romans, negate, it think, doesn't negate the suffering. Is it in yeah. Romans where Paul says, um, uh, "Gosh, how's it go?" God works all things for the good of those who believe. Like we've sort of used that. That's turned into sort of this trite Christian poster or yeah. Facebook meme of when somebody's suffering or whatever. You just throw this meme on their wall, and it's like voila. Yeah. But I think there really is a deep truth to that. Um, I think this is where we really do have to talk about who, like, what is the cause of suffering? It's not God. Yeah. Like, I think that has to be said. It has to be said because I think, personally speaking, that I've gone through some of the stuff I've gone through. I I would have said at the time, I fought with that idea. I wrestled with that idea of God doing this. When I said, I think God hates me. Mm -hmm. That was me verbally saying, I believe that he is behind this and causing this. Mm-hmm. I no longer believe that. Looking back, I don't think that that's true at all. And in light of Jesus, if Jesus is who God is and has always been and always will be, which we believe to be true, then that's that cannot possibly be true that God is doing this. That God is the one driving your suffering. Yeah. Um, I actually, I had a guy the other day, I had a conversation, and he was like, I, don't really, I really do believe that God causes suffering, but then leads you through it. And I was like, but that's, like, think about, like, that leads you to some pretty terrible yeah, views of God. God like, a dick. And, and I've, well, I've, it, definitely, it definitely paints God into this corner of, like, 
that doesn't jive with Jesus. Like, I don't see, no. like, you can say that, but that does not at all match up to what I read of Jesus. It makes, it makes us ants and God the kid yes. with the magnifying glass. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what causes suffering? And Life. I, yeah. And I think, Life causes and suffering. I think a lot of people's hang up. A lot of people's hang-ups with God have to do with suffering. Yes, for sure. I mean, I would. I mean, a fairly substantial majority. Of yes, people and all of us. God. I mean, we're all sitting here going at completely some point, understandable. At some point in our yeah. lives, and maybe at some point further down the line, we have thought, been angry at God because yeah. we felt like He has caused our suffering. That, okay? that yeah. statement has been made more than once. In yes. House. So it's not but, like don't think that we're like. If that's where you're at, we're not belittling that. We're no. just trying to get you to understand that I don't. We genuinely don't believe that to be true, even though we say it. Yeah, <laughs> but but I understand. I understand the impulse. Yeah, that's the, yeah. because we when we're suffering, we have to like the first human impulse is to look for somebody to blame, and God is a very easy scapegoat. Yeah, yeah. Shake your fist and scream and yell. I don't think that's unproductive to do that very thing. Yeah. Um, if that's what you feel like at the time that you need to do, shake your fist and scream and yell at the sky. Um, I, I, I'm sure you're probably getting to this, but we probably need to sort of round this corner anyway in this discussion of like, where is God when you're suffering? Mm-hmm. He's hanging right with you. Okay. Since you say go that. ahead. Like the footprints in the sand. No, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, it's like, funny. I was listening to, when you mentioned that, I was listening to Pete Holmes. I don't remember. He was, it was his podcast. What his podcast? I think he was talking to, maybe it was his podcast. I don't remember. I was listening to something involving Pete Holmes. And he said that it's a story of when, uh, you know, Jesus wasn't walking with you in sand. He's rubbing your face in it going, you'll see. <laughs> you'll see. <laughs> um, so I've got a quote from Richard Rohr that, that talks to exactly what Brad said here. Um, Jesus hung in total solidarity with the pain of the world and the far too many lives on this planet that have been nasty, lonely, brutish, and short. After the cross, we know that God is not watching human pain nor apparently always stopping human pain as much as God is found hanging with us alongside all human pain. Jesus forever tells us that God is found wherever the pain is, which leaves God on both sides of every war in sympathy with both the pain of the perpetrator and the pain of the victim, with the excluded, the tortured, the abandoned, and the oppressed since the beginning of time. I wonder if we even like that. (laughs) There are no games of moral superiority left. Yet this is exactly the kind of lover and the universal love that humanity needs. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like Jesus is the ultimate scapegoat. Like, he, he hangs there in solidarity, in solidarity with all of human suffering for all time because that's the worst thing that you can possibly do to somebody, and he hangs there and forgives and loves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in the midst of all of that, like, and I think this, this again, is where our three-tiered idea of the universe doesn't help Mm -hmm. is that when we suffer we you know if our understanding is that there's something up there and then we're here and then there's something down below like this three-tiered view of the universe is so unhelpful in this because when we suffer we're like okay that's coming from up there like god is and and we're praying that maybe god would come down and comfort Mm -hmm. and then paul makes the revolutionary statement in the new testament of know your body's a temple like God is in you. He's here. He's here. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. So when, when you're suffering, God is literally within you, suffering with you. Like that is that is powerful. Yeah. Uh, to me. If that you, is something that I hold on to that. If you can hold on to that, and we totally understand if you can't. Yeah. Because we don't. <laughs> that's not an e- but that's not an easy ask. Yeah. Um 
Go ahead. Michael. I do. I do feel like it even transcends even just Christianity too. I mean, oh, yeah. just I mean, we learn. Studies have shown that we oh, learn sure. most from our failures. Yes. We don't learn when things are great. Well, isn't one of well, the the pillars of Buddhist teaching the life is suffering? Four point. Yeah, like, yeah. Life is suffering. I mean, so that's we I, learn I remember, from that. I remember for a long time thinking that's just such negative crap, and now I look at that and I'm like, man, that was that's dead on. Buddha, Buddha was dead on. Yeah. Like, that is dead on. Yeah. There is so much suffering to be found in this life. That's not where it ends, but you're yeah. going to find it. Yeah. I mean, Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. Well, hey. Take heart, I've overcome the world. Like, That's him saying, there's going to be some really bad stuff that's going to happen. And it's funny, when you talk about I mean, we've, we've told some stories about ourselves tonight. And if you listen to people tell their stories about things that have succeeded eventually or whatever, they always inevitably talk about... Here's where it was hard. Here's where it was hard. We did this to overcome this. And this is what happened. And this is what happened. And we moved to this and this happened. Mm -hmm. And this was the struggle. People always do that when they tell their stories. Yeah. Because those those are the things that change. Those things change you. They transform you. I was listening to a podcast by uh, Lewis Holmes. I I, um, am really fascinated by leadership. So I listen to a lot of leadership podcasts, books. I read uh, leadership is something that I really like, but Lewis, Lewis, uh, not Holmes, it's House, Lewis House. Oh, um, I know that. Yeah, he has a School of Greatness podcast. Yeah, Rob him. Bell's been on it a couple mm-hmm. times. Okay. Um, but I was listening to an episode with him talking to John C. Maxwell, uh, who's like a leadership guru. He's millions upon millions of books. I know you're giving me the face of <laughs> John C. Maxwell. That said, he was he was he was on this podcast and, and he said something that. That um, it's totally like face me Facebook meme worthy, but it, it, it stuck with me pretty well. Uh, he was talking about um, basketball and that you know sometimes um, we win and sometimes we learn, and it's only when we don't learn that we truly lose. So and it's total Facebook meme yeah, so worthy. It's totally cheesy, but yes, I think there's actually but, a lot of truth. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah. So if you have that mindset of you're trying to learn through this experience of adversity. You know, there are times when, when at work, when when it's we get slammed and it's and yeah. it's it's crazy busy and and it just never stops. And people, it's all about how you have that mindset of, um, oh, this is terrible, or oh, this is awesome. We're gonna ride yeah. this wave. And so a lot of times I use the metaphor of. Um, you know, here comes a giant wave. Are you going to surf the wave yeah. or are you going to get caught in the undertow? Yeah. And and all that to say, like, that's just a mindset piece. But um, I, I definitely don't want to think, oh, any any tragic thing that happened to you is just a mindset thing. Right. Like, yeah, right, right. Again, I can't say that enough. Like, yeah. I don't want to... To Once again, not minimizing anyone's suffering. Not we're talking minimizing about anyone's our, celebrity. We're talking about our experiences, and hopefully you can maybe glean something from yeah. those experiences. Um, yeah, I, I. once again, I, I think the key, and it's not easy to do, the key is to, in any situation where you find suffering is to, is to ask, what can I possibly learn from this? Is there anything, like, can I grow from this? Is there any way, can I come out on the other end of this? I, I, I think really, I think when you're talking about the, the motif of death and resurrection, which is prevalent all over creation, and then definitely in the Gospels, the whole motif of that is that um, that you can find great victory through your suffering. Yeah. That it's the if you ride it out, and it may take more than three days in the grave, but if you can ride that out <laughs> yeah. long enough, if you can hold on long enough that you can find growth, life, joy through, even through that. 
like even through that, whatever it is that you're dealing with, it's possible. Um, not easy, but possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, like I said, I, I can look back at the stuff that I dealt with and go, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Like I didn't think that at the time, but man, it's good. Like it, you know, losing your house almost to foreclosure, like, you know, being completely sold on this idea that you're going to start this church and it's going to be great. And twice. then nobody, it twice and then nothing <laughs> happens with it. Like, but that's, you know, I, I look back at the, and you know, we, we poke a lot of fun at that, but like at the same time, but that's the thing. I can look back at those experiences. And I can kind of laugh about them now. I'm like, yeah. I grew through that. Well, this podcast like, doesn't fine. exist without that. Happening. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Like I mean, it's, you know part, it's part that all that has formed me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's formed who I am. In the same way that, you know, we poke fun at a lot of our sort of fundamentalist upbringing, but even that formed us. That's all part of who we are. It's all part of everything. Like, I mean, once again, okay, by the book, by Richard Rohr, everything belongs. That's the whole idea is that it all belongs. It all forms us. The good, the bad, the ugly. Um, We probably need to wrap up this section. Well, let me say say two things. Yes, that's what I was getting at. at. That's what Um, we got. I think in order for us to almost say one thing, then I'm going to finish with a roomy poem. Of course you are. I am. In order to extract the fullest possible meaning and joy out of life, I think it's essential for us to learn how to embrace suffering. I don't have a 12-step program there for that. There isn't one. I think we have to learn to embrace suffering as a meaningful part of our existence. It's unavoidable. Things are going to happen to you. I mean, crap's going to hit the fan occasionally. It's going to happen. So we have to learn to embrace it or we miss out on a fullness of life. Um, if we if we can if we we live in bitterness and frustration and anger and, and stay there and those are those are fun those are yeah, unavoidable so all going to be responses part of it yeah if we stay there we miss out on the fullness and joy out of life that we can take from the suffering um, and then I'll finish I'll finish with this uh, poem from Rumi don't be bitter uh, yeah a 12th century Sufi mystic uh, by his uh, by the big red book on Amazon you should get it it's awesome. Um, He says, learn the alchemy true human beings know. The moment you accept what troubles you've been given, the door will open. Welcome difficulty as a familiar comrade. Joke with torment brought by the friend. Sorrows are the rags of old clothes and jackets that serve to cover, then are taken off. That undressing and the naked body underneath is the sweetness that comes after grief. And you know, you can only, a person can only write something like that if they've been through it. They've been through if it. they've been through stuff and come out on the other end with life. Yeah. That's the only way you can say that. Yep. So, so it's easy to look at stuff like that and go, well, it's just a meme worthy poem. But like, you know, that dude had been through something. Yeah. Yeah. Because you cannot possibly write that with any sort of joy in life without having gone through Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Let's go into the feedback section. Yeah. Um, that was a good discussion. I that was a that. very, I really very good discussion. That, we went a little bit long. We're still going long. We're That's fine. Whatever. An hour and six minutes in, so we're plowing through this. Um, hope you're still listening. Um, feedback. I'm going to start off with just a correction from this earlier in this episode. Um, Jim Carrey was in The Majestic, not in The Mystic. <laughs> I, I was Michael corrects himself. Yes. Well High done. five. So for those of you that were screaming, <laughs> it was The Majestic. Yeah, I, I agree. It was All majestic. three of you that saw that movie. Yeah. I saw it in the, in the theater. I think I saw it. I don't I don't remember it. It was pretty terrible. I was. never saw yeah. it. <laughs> if you want to see Jim Carrey in a drama, watch The Truman Show. I do Way like better. Jim Carrey in dramas, but... Man on the Moon. Too good. It was awesome. It was good. All right, so we're going to get back into the feedback section. Uh, first, we're going to start out with a five-star review because we have agreed to read every last one. <laughs> yes, we have. It is in our, in our, our bylaws. <laughs> 
Um, and I love the title of this. It, it, it says, it's by PGH Sports Guy. Um, that's an un, uh, it's not a great name, Guy. That's a terrible, terrible. <laughs> um, he just gave us a five-star review. Yeah, you just and you're going to say insult him? I'm going to insult What's him. What's wrong with you? But I do like his title. His title is, um, and I'm not even related to them. <laughs> so, which is great because a lot, a lot of our yeah, um, awesome. our our reviews have been people who are related Friends or we know. Or, yeah. yeah, so PGH Sports Guy says, this was a total surprise. The perfect podcast for Christians in church who spend the sermon looking out the window and those who are allowed back in church and those who aren't allowed back in church in the first place. You won't agree with everything, but you aren't supposed to, which is amazingly refreshing. If you can't, if you can find a more insightful and honest Christian broadcast with swears in it, (laughs) let me know. So thank you so much for... For that five star review, uh, PGH Sports Guy, we really appreciate that. Um, keep those five star reviews coming, guys. Yes, we will please. read. So Michael can insult your name on yeah. the next podcast. <laughs> Sorry, totally negate your good person. Sorry, PGH your Sports Guy. I've totally failed you. Um, and then also just um, some feedback we got from like uh, thirty two minutes ago. Um, huh. The Scrap Paper Theology says. Nice first Periscope at Pastor's podcast. <laughs> Where did you post it? I didn't see it. It's on Periscope. You gotta you gotta be live and it's it's live. You gotta oh. be there. Uh, download the Periscope app, you people. Uh, it says good to see you guys live in action. Um, so sweet. Uh, we did get a, um, a a private message on Twitter from a gentleman named. Uh, oh man. I'm going to forget his Maybe name. Maybe don't say the name if it's a private message. It is a private message. Let's not say the name then. I will, I will say, um, can I say first name? No, just don't say the name. Just say the, just read the thing. Know you are. know who you are. <laughs> if you want us to say you by name, tweet us publicly. Um, but he, um, or she, said... <laughs> I, <laughs> that was so subtle. <laughs> yes. Uh, so first off, I just want to say I love the podcast. <laughs> Having grown up in an evangelical background... And also with Jesus Freak being my former anthem in high school when it came out. Yeah, I know. All of um, us. I can relate to pretty much everything you guys discuss. Um, he's going through, or she, is going through their own deconstruction phase and uh, actually enjoying life right now. So, awesome. Good. Yep. Um, they did have a question for us about um, um, Christians attending a gay wedding um, and wanted us to kind of discuss it on a podcast. Um, we're not going to really um, discuss it here right now, uh, but we will be uh, discussing it in an upcoming yes. uh, episode. We just want to get um, some guests in line yep. for that special podcast. We um, have a plan. Yes, we do. We do have a plan. Um, spoiler alert. We're okay with it. <laughs> spoiler alert. Go to the wedding and don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Yep. We'll expand on that yeah. during the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, and yeah, that's, that's, that's that thing. Also, a big thing from last week, another correction from last week. Um, Jason Baker, friend of the podcast, says, I assume at some point Matt realized that this is a fake news site. Who let Grandpa loose on the interwebs again? So um, <laughs> Matt's, Matt's uh, news feed piece last week was fake. not real. Yeah, the well. cinnamon, cinnamon, cinnamon rolls, rolls in the beehole. In the beehole. Yeah. Not a real... News article. In case you're wondering, Matt's 13 year old son is now grinning at us <laughs> after that. Like an idiot. Yeah. Say hi, Elijah. Hi. 
Lenny's, Lenny's in the building. Lenny's in the house. All right. Um, and then Billy Patterson uh, shared our um, podcast on... Uh, Thank you, Billy. On Thank the, you, Billy. On the Facebook. I don't know Billy. Um, He's but a good guy. He says, I highly recommend this podcast. Three Hoosiers tackling topics great and small. It's the crossroads where hilarities and provoking thoughts meet. Beer is also discussed. If you are an Apple product hater, use the Podbean app. Thank me later. I would say now use Stitcher because Stitcher is better than Podbean. And Billy's only downfall is he's a UK fan. Yeah. No, Kentucky Wildcats, not, Annie United, doesn't not the like, United Kingdom. Andy doesn't like AL8. What the hell? AL8 <laughs> one is so delicious. Have you had it? I, think I feel I have. like I had it years ago and I can't remember. We, I can't will, remember. we will bring it. It's clearly a memorable experience. I will get my um, my brother from it's Kentucky. It's 7-Up, isn't it? No, it's ginger ale. Yeah, it's, it's like caffeinated ginger ale. Okay. It's so good. I feel like that's going to be a letdown, but sure. I feel like if you don't like ginger ale, you're not going to like ginger ale. ale. Yeah, Yeah. but it's good. I'm pretty sure I've had it. Um, Then Scrap Paper Theology also uh, hit us up, sent us a picture of his daughter's uh, Easter candy from church where he had Jesus jelly beans as well. (laughs) Nice. It's a little little older reference. That's also a good podcast we recommend as well. Yeah, Scrap scrap Paper Theology is really good. It's really bite-sized episodes. Ten minutes, man. And it's just... You have short attention spans. It'll punch you in the face. It's awesome. Um, Rob Gerber, Matt's new favorite um, comment, says, At Postures Podcast, from the lands of hashtag acorns and shit, <laughs> in Canada, homeschoolers marry their mom's cousin's kids. Is it any different down there? And I said, that's all, that's just a Canada thing. So, yeah. Well, Canada and Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kentucky. Hi, Billy. Hi, Billy. Um... Um, August Blondell wrote to us shortly after the, the podcast came out, and he actually had a pretty great point. Um, at Pastor's Podcast, you did a great job lambasting hashtag ye barn again guy, <laughs> but you didn't talk about loving him. Mm. He's annoying, but still worthy of love. I don't know that we said he wasn't. However, I will, I'll just admit, I, have, I, I struggle with loving guys like that. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I just, I'll just admit, yeah, I'm I, not perfect. I will. I, I, I thought about that. I actually thought about that this week. I will. I will break bread with them. Yeah. But I will not have conversations with them because <laughs> those are not going to end well. You're not going to follow them on Facebook or no. Twitter. No. Yeah. I, I think that's that's true. Like I think it, I find myself um, more and more having trouble loving the yep. people who are belligerent yep. Yep. about yep. their faith. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Than the people that are marginalized by the church. My, my biggest struggle are the ones that are Christians. And once again, we're not yeah. saying that that's right. We're just talking about yeah. our experience. That's just kind of where we're we not are. saying it's right, but that's what Jesus did. Yeah, I thought about that. I mean, it's it's a valid point. It is yeah. a valid um, point, yeah. I struggle with that. Touche. I do. You found a flaw in the Matrix, and we're flawed. So Maybe at some point we should... Well, maybe we should expand on that at some point. Now is not the time, but... Yeah. Um, that may be a future podcast episode of talking about yeah. loving your enemies and what, how that's even possible and all that. So. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Allen um, posted a picture on our Facebook page of a barn. It said, my neighbors are rebuilding their barn. Literally, hashtag barn again. <laughs> so, Lucas Allen, uh, formerly on the podcast. Yep. Uh, check it out. Um, SSJ, Mark at SSJ Marcus. Um, said, most assholes don't know they're assholes. That's why there are so many Christian assholes. 
Yep. So there's that. <laughs> yep. Sorry, Elijah. Those are your earmuffs. Um, he goes to junior high. I'm guessing yes. he's heard that a few times. Um, yes. Right, that's probably enough. For wait, the wait. Feedback Eugenie section. Bauman said, what is a Daniel Johnston? Hashtag yeah. Michael's whale mouth. You don't want to find that out. <laughs> you don't really don't want to find that out. Go ahead and Google it. Or go uh, look up YouTube. Alexandria Mauricea says, in the past two days, I've literally listened to the entirety of the Pastors podcast, really enjoying the conversations. We don't recommend it. Yeah, we don't recommend binging. <laughs> it causes diarrhea. It's not going to lie. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, the, the, this is my favorite. It is from Billy Patterson again. Said, Psst. This is on Facebook. Psst. Michael Basinger, little secret. You're the best part of Inglorious <laughs> Bastards. That's so much garbage. Total garbage. I don't Total know garbage. I did not pay him. I've never met him. Matt's met him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even think you're the best. Total garbage. Thanks, Billy. I love you. Let's be friends. Um, and then uh, this Deconstructionist Podcast said that we should have Derek Webb on our show. And Derek Webb liked it. <laughs> Sweet. And then Fable Podcast wrote, that's a buttload of cinnamon rolls. I don't know why this made me laugh so hard. Um, but great episode. Hashtag slay. Hashtag dead. With that... Because Brad's had enough feedback. I've had enough feedback. Thank you for giving us feedback. Like, because I'm going to keep giving you. I'm going to, yeah, we're going to keep talking about it. Um, we'll probably weed out some of them a little bit yeah. more as we go along. Because um, we can't just talk about all of it. Um, now it's time for closing time. Okay. Uh, yeah, rate us on iTunes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You know the drill at this point. If yeah. you subscribe to us on iTunes, you can get it literally minutes, minutes before. Actually, it like a, last week it was like a day before everyone else. Yeah. Because it was not on it iTunes. It took forever for if, some reason. If you were yeah. subscribed, you could get it instantly. Mm-hmm. But uh, it took a while if you're not subscribed. Um, and then we need to choose a hashtag. I got a couple options. Okay. I only have two. All right. Really? Um, yeah, I didn't. Huh. I mean, hashtag. Um, Background biatch, <laughs> or or hashtag Fred Durst's background biatch, <laughs> or hashtag Puddle Glum and the White Witch. <laughs> you gotta do background background biatch, right? Is that where we're at? That's fine. That's where yeah. we're at. Right. That works for me. Hashtag background b e y o t c h. <laughs> No one's gonna use that. No one's gonna use and that. And if you wanna, if you wanna um, uh, tag Fred Durst in it too, I'm cool with that. Hit us up on Twitter at Pastors Podcast, um, on Facebook.com slash at Pastors Podcast. Thanks again to Scott Trickle for the lovely music. We still owe you pizza and beer. Um, and then now it's time to fire somebody into the sun. All right. All right. Let's roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> it has to be Michael, right? It better not freaking be me. It can be Michael. I will quit. I will quit. I will quit this so hard, so fast. I want to so bad. I'll, I'll, edit, it. I'll, I'll, I'll edit it out. Do my own. I'll fire you both into something after this. All right, here we go. That is going to happen one week. No, you better not. <laughs> I quit you. Man, nine. Kurt Schilling. <laughs> he just got fired. He got fired from ESPN. It's amazing. Uh, That's double fired. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>